Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bloomer Baptist Church. I am happy that you tuned in this morning. Wow, tune in. I guess that makes me sound a little old, doesn't it? Sounds like you're watching this on a TV, not live in person, and definitely not clicking on a Facebook link or YouTube link or website. But thank you for watching this morning. I have to move fast today, and I have to stick to my notes today because we have a lot to go over. So please turn in your copy of God's Word to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel, after Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, before Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, and Micah. Daniel. Please open to Daniel. There is so much to read today, so much to look to today. This is the longest chapter in the book of Daniel, and there is a lot to say with little time. I will discuss as I read today, and I will give some discussion and applications at the end. This will be a multi-week chapter. I have given into understanding that we cannot do one chapter a week. Let's start with a quick intro as you're turning to Daniel chapter 2. You see, last week in chapter 1, we read of Judah. In the third year of the reign of the new king Jehoiakim being conquered by Babylon. The year was 605 B.C., that is before Christ, and this is in the Old Testament. Now, chapter 1 was largely introducing Daniel and his friends and acting as an introduction to the book of Daniel. It was setting the stage At the same time, it's helping us to see what type of people God would be using as missionaries in a way in an empire of false god worship, idols, demonology, in terrible, terrible, evil ways. In a lot of ways, Babylon of that day is still in existence today. Babylon of that day is still what we see around us. We are living in a culture filled with false idols, demonology, worship of things which should not be worshipped in evil ways. When Judah was sieged, Babylon took prisoners of war, people who could serve the king. And among those who were chosen were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names, though. To Daniel, the new name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Now, we talked quite a bit about these names last week and about how these names were almost a way of brainwashing them to try and strip away any type of meaning of their names from the one true God, from their past, from their history, from their ancestry, and to give them new names which would associate them within the Babylonian culture and with false gods. But Daniel would refuse these false ways. You'll have to go back to Daniel chapter 1 of last week and watch that later. But this book tells the true stories of Daniel and his friends. Their bold faith and integrity. Their devotion to prayer and God's sovereign will and glory. Overall, that is what we ultimately will see through the book of Daniel. God's sovereign will and glory being accomplished both through and over Daniel and his friends. We'll also see prophecy for the future. What we ultimately will see, though, is the main theme of the book of Daniel, which is God's sovereign sovereign control over all of history. You see, God is always in control. Through the book of Daniel, we will see how God is sovereign and sovereignly in control, even in a culture and empire devoted 
to evil ways. We also see how we should respond to a culture devoted to evil ways around us. Daniel is a man of bold face and integrity, a man devoted to prayer and God's sovereign will and glory, and we should be too. Despite all the problems in Daniel's life and ours, God is still in control. Even when the worst imaginable events begin to unfold, God is still in control. He is still on the throne. He is sovereign, and his will will still come to be. He will be glorified. His kingdom will come to be, and it will prosper forever. We'll see that in the coming weeks. But let's read now. We start with reading of the problem, a dream. Point one, or section one that we get into right off the bat, is starting with the problem. So with your Bibles open to Daniel chapter two, please follow along. I'll be stopping and going and stopping and going a lot as we talk about what we're reading. But again, please excuse the fast nature of this message. There is a lot to talk about. And you can always tune back in later, (laughs) tune online to YouTube, Facebook, um, or our church website to watch it again and write down notes you might have missed or email me for a copy, and I will gladly give you a copy of my notes. Daniel 2, verse 1. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Here, we have the timing, the person, and the problem. The story is setting the stage for us. God is explaining what is going on. We start off and we already have to stop to just talk briefly about what is happening here in chapter two, where chapter one served as an introduction. The very beginning of chapter two is setting to set up the stage. And we start with the problem. What is the problem? The problem is a dream. Well, we've all had dreams, right? Ever have a dream that just sticks with you? one which seems so real that you just cannot get it out of your head, one that just makes you curious as to what it meant or what was happening, one that escapes your mind and you just keep trying to remember the details because maybe it was so vivid, maybe it was so great, maybe it was good, maybe it was bad, one that wakes you up in the middle of the night and maybe you think to yourself, wow, I'm never eating junk food before bed again. But seriously, The king had a dream. Now, this wasn't a dream like a Martin Luther King speech. This was a bad dream. It was a nightmare. It was a night terror, some would say. One so bad that his spirit was troubled and he could not sleep. It was driving him mad. He was greatly troubled. The Babylonians, like many cultures, place great importance on the meaning of their dreams. They believed them to hold great power and wisdom for the future. So he had to find out what was going on with this dream. So, reading on, the king commanded that the magicians, enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. Interesting. He seems to invite everyone He is gathering his most trusted, most important, wisest people, the inner circle of his advisors, but no Daniel yet. No Daniel yet. Let's read on. 
So they came in and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I had a dream. They're probably thinking, oh, great, you had a dream. Don't we all dream? But no, he continues on. I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldean said to the king in Aramaic, notice the language transition here. We don't have time to get into this now. O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will show you the interpretation. Yes, they think, great, this is what we're here for. We can tell the king the meaning of his dream, even if we have to make up an answer just to make him feel good and keep us on his good side. Mm, Yes, we have an opportunity to make the king happy and to survive another day. But do they? There's more to his request, you see. The king answered them and said to the Chaldeans, the word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, both, you shall be torn limb from limb and your houses should be laid in ruins. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, both, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards in great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. Oh, no, they think. Tell him the dream and the meaning? In such pressure, this king was serious. This dream had him seriously troubled, so troubled that he wanted to make sure he was told the truth. He wanted proof that the interpretation would be correct. The proof would be in, the, in first telling him the dream itself. Not because he forgot, as some may believe, but because he was seriously troubled and wanted to make sure he would receive a seriously truthful answer. Not just flattery, not just something made up after he told them the dream, something that sounded good. He was serious about this, so serious that they would either receive a serious punishment or a serious reward based off their answer. What is that serious punishment? Listen, wow, they would be torn limb from limb. Or, as some translations say, even more brutal, they would be cut into pieces and their houses turned to rubble or a trash dump. Wow, this king was not playing any games. Let's read on. They answered a second time. I need to catch up on the... Verses for you. They answered a second time and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show its interpretation. Again, they plead with him. They plead with him. Please, O king, just tell us the dream. It's okay. We'll be honest with you. We'll tell you the interpretation. But you must tell us the dream first. There's no other way. The king answered and said, I know with certainty that you are trying to gain time because you see that the word for me is firm. They're trying to think of any way to get past this, any way to to transition this to better terms in their favor. If you do not make the dream known to me, he says, there is but one sentence for you. Who? Death torn limb from limb, cut into pieces. Who says the Bible doesn't have some um, exciting stories, right? You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. 
Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you show that you can show me its interpretation. Prove to me that you can tell me the dream, and then I will know for a, for sure that you're telling me the truth with its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods. Well, at least they got one thing right there. But they say, No one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with the flesh. Well, what they're saying here, or thinking at least, is that this king is crazy. Who does he think he is? No king has ever made such a request and with such serious consequences. This goes beyond human capabilities. This was only something a god could do, they say. Scripture says, his spirit was troubled after these dreams. Well, yes, Whew, these wise men of his were thinking the king is troubled. He's out of his mind. He's wacko. How can he expect such a thing, such crazy demands? Well, no one could answer his plea. No one but the gods, they thought, whose dwelling is not with the flesh. But little did they know that God had given a gift to, to the flesh, or he would, to Daniel, the, the gift to interpret dreams. Daniel was God's missionary here, and he would deliver the news to the king. The king would see the power, the sovereignty, the glory, and the control of Daniel's great God, a kingdom that would never end. Let's read on. Verse 12. Because of this, the king was angry, and very, very, very furious, and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. Who? All. So the decree went out, and the wise men were about to be killed, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Whoa. Can you imagine this? Daniel and his friends, prisoners of war, captured, drugged, hundreds of miles, brought all this way to this new nation, minding their own business and completing or completed all this three years of Babylonian training in their culture, false gods and ways, their so-called wisdom. And now they were going to be killed without even a chance to answer the king's plea themselves. Yes, but let's look to Daniel's reply. Daniel's response, verse 14. Then... Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch. Other translations say, with counsel and wisdom. The captain of the king's guard, Arioch, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, this is Daniel speaking, why is the decree of the king so urgent? <laughs> I do think he said it probably somewhat like that. He might have been prudent, but he was speaking with wisdom. He was not panicking. Why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. What I want to notice here is Daniel's response. He does not panic. You see, 
Unbelievers may respond with threats of anger, but godly people should respond with wisdom and faith. I should have put that up on the slide for you. Unbelievers may respond with threats and anger, but godly people should respond with wisdom and faith. Daniel thinks clearly. Level-headed, wisely, but prudently, and thinks about his words carefully as he questions the guard. He wisely searches for answers. He does not run from the problem. He seeks to solve the problem. Let's get down to business, he may think. Let's solve this mystery. And the guard tells him what has happened. Now, my guess is this guard did not want to kill Daniel and his friends. He did not want to kill anyone. And here is a possible solution. Sure, let's hear about it, Daniel. Let's give it a try. He apparently grants Daniel's request, and there's some time before Daniel will meet with the king with the answers. He must give Daniel time to get his thoughts together, which again is an interesting point because he would not give more time to his inner circle of wise men. In fact, that's what led to this whole problem to begin with. But when God is on your side, and when you put him first, God will work things out to bless his people and his sovereign will. We move now from section 1.1, the problem, to now the prayer and the praise, section 2.2. Again, we move from point one or section 1, the problem, to now we're talking about the prayer and the praise. Look again at Daniel's response. No panic. Instead, a prayer meeting is called with other godly men. Let's read on. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, his friends who came from Judah with him, fellow believers in the one true God. And Daniel told them, he's pleading with them, seek mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. He's calling for a prayer meeting. He's calling, let's spend time in prayer. Let's plead with God for mercy and for him to give us wisdom and knowledge to solve this mystery. Verse 19, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, before we say that, just notice the irony. The mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. (laughs) Just like King Nebuchadnezzar's vision, his dream was at night. And then he could not sleep. Well, here, Daniel is given the answers. The mystery is revealed to him. But I don't think it kept him from sleeping. God helped him sleep peacefully as he had all the answers. But then Daniel wakes and he answers God and says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden Things. Look again at, the, at the, the, the revelation of truth here. 
Daniel is praising God after his prayers are answered, and he says he changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up the kings. We haven't talked about it yet, but you'll see in the coming weeks that Daniel is praising God for direct answers to his prayers, the direct mysteries revealed of King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams and the interpretation. These, what, these words he's speaking go directly in correlation with the dream. And then he says, he reveals deep and hidden things. God reveals deep and hidden things. God revealed the deep and hidden things to Daniel, what no other wise men of King Nebuchadnezzar could reveal. God reveals deep and hidden things to every single one of us. Through the Holy Spirit, blessing upon our life, the gift we have in the Spirit, the helper we have in the Spirit, through belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we have understanding which no one else can have without this relationship with God, this restored relationship with God. But there's still things we will never understand because we're not God, and that's okay because God is in control. We'll see that throughout Daniel. Daniel goes on, speaking of God, he knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. Verse 23, to you, O God, and I'm so far behind in getting the scriptures going on the screen, so I hope you're following along here. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king the interpretation. We'll stop here for today, but not without first a few take-homes, application. First, God is sovereign. God is sovereign and in complete control. As I've said in the past, he either causes events to happen or allows them to happen. Daniel here does not panic. He knows that God is in control. He seeks wisdom from God. He calls a prayer meeting. That is our takeaway for number one for you to consider. How good are you at recognizing the sovereignty of God and going to him in prayer in your times of need? Point number one, something for you to consider this week, this day. How good are you at recognizing the sovereignty of God and going to him in prayer in your times of need. You see, prayer is never to be a last resort, a plea out of desperation when all else fails. But no, it should be the first impulse when faced with a crisis. Second, I want you to notice that Daniel did not seek to solve these problems alone. He went to his friends, his brothers, his godly counsel, and invited them to pray with him. Number two, in the middle there. How good are you at inviting your brothers and sisters in Christ into your lives to pray with you? Now, this means putting down your pride, letting others in to, to know your struggles, your weaknesses, your problems, 
And yes, sometimes your sin. But we need to let other believers into the inside of our life and ask them to pray with us. Ask them to pray with you. Lastly, I want you to notice God's response and Daniel's response. God answers their prayers. God blesses Daniel with the great gift of knowledge and of the king's dream and the ability to interpret the dream too. Something no other person could do. Daniel praises God before doing anything else. Their lives are on the line. All the wise men's lives are on the line. They're about to be torn limb from limb, cut into pieces. And yet look to what Daniel does first. He praises God for the answered prayers. That's number three. How good are you at not just praying to God, but waiting for his answer and then praising him for the answered prayers before acting? You see, Daniel waited for the answer. In fact, he prayed and apparently he went to sleep. Pharaoh could not sleep, not Pharaoh, King Nebuchadnezzar. He could not sleep. He was troubled. But Daniel was sleeping like a baby. He was sleeping so good that God was able to reveal the answers to his prayers while he slept. Now, God may have made him sleep. It's not that God was able to. God is in control of all things. But Daniel was sleeping. But then the second part of that, you see the last take home. How good are you at not just praying to God, but waiting for his answer and then praising him for the answered prayers before acting. Daniel praised God before acting, even though there was a great judgment about to happen. Now, we don't know how much time the king gave him before coming back, but we still know this was urgent. Priority number one, right, to most people, let's save ourselves, but not to Daniel. Priority number one was praising God for answered prayer. You see, we are so good. We are so good at getting ourselves into trouble. We're so good at trying to fix things ourselves, but that is honestly what gets us into trouble to begin with. We're not meant to fix things ourselves. We're not meant to live by ourselves. We need God. God gave us the gift of salvation through his son, Jesus, so that we might have a restored relationship with him. This is the solution to our problems. We need Jesus. But this does not mean that we will stop having problems. What it means is that God will be with us to guide us through our problems. If Christians are to stand firm in crisis, it's not enough to know God knows and understands what's happening. We must also know that God is ultimately in control of all things. No matter what is happening in this life, God is still sovereign and in complete control. The main theme of Daniel, in fact, I believe is just that. But in fact, I believe God is in so much control that he stirred up the king with these dreams to begin with. He wanted the king to recognize him, God, the one true God, as true and all-powerful. He wanted him to recognize Daniel's God. You see, I believe that God creates impossible situations to point to his ultimate control and greatness. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good, but he is also in complete control. And God creates impossible situations to point to his ultimate control and greatness. 
Now, also, I think it's quite possible that God wanted Daniel to also be seen as worthy of great recognition by the king so that Daniel could now work more freely in Babylon as a missionary, per se, for God and a corrupt nation. We'll get more into that in the, in the coming weeks. But here we lead to close. I lead to close with this. We are missionaries. We are Daniels. We are people set apart for holy living, following Christ, living for him and by his ways. We are people saved by Jesus and restored to right relationship to the Father. Or you could be, do you know Jesus? Do you follow his ways? Do you trust in him as Lord and Savior? Do it today. Ask me for help. I'll show you the way, just as Christ shows the way to me. We are Daniels, living as missionaries in a corrupt and evil, sin-filled world. We are Daniels, and we must have faith, bold faith and integrity. We must go to God in prayer. God will lead us through. God's sovereign will is going to prevail. His kingdom will come to be, and it will be the only one to never be destroyed. More on this in the coming weeks. This is exciting, guys. This is exciting. I'm partially scared to get into all this book of Daniel because there is so much to talk about. But it's so exciting to see how God is sovereign in his kingdom, his everlasting kingdom, the only kingdom which will ever truly prosper and never be destroyed, will come to be. Jesus will come. Jesus will come and everything will be made as new. As you go home, I want you to remember these three take-homes. One, do not panic, pray. Pray first. Two, pray with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Let them in. And three, wait for God's answers and praise him. Praise him first. When was the last time you followed these steps of success in your life? When was the last time you spent time praising God for answered prayers? Let's start today. Maybe you need to just trust in Jesus today. Ask him for forgiveness. Repent of your sins and ask him to help you. Submit to him as Lord and Savior of your lives. Let's start there. But once you're there, let's remember not to panic in times of crisis, but to pray. Let's pray with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Let them in. And let's wait for God's answers and praise him. Praise him first. Let's close in prayer now. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who is in full control. You are the one true God. And Lord, you answer our prayers every single day because your will is going to come to be every single day. You are in sovereign control over all things. And Lord, we just ask you now, to please remind us, motivate us, encourage us not to panic, but to pray. Convict us by your Holy Spirit to pray first and to pray with other brothers and sisters in Christ. May we let them in to our innermost, deepest thoughts and problems so that they can help us through those problems. And Lord, I just pray that we would wait for your, your answers to our prayers and we would praise you. We would take time to praise you first and to give you credit. Lord, I look forward to the future weeks of Daniel, the stories herein, the prophecies, 
and the stories which are all true. May you bless them so that you might be glorified in all things. We worship you now. Amen.